0: My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now, as regular listeners of the show will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on the show today by Tracy Powley and Stella Chandler, the Director of Operations and Director of Development, respectively, at Focal Point Training, a company which specialises in delivering solutions that help organizations shape workplace behavior in order to create more respectful and inclusive working environments. Uh, Tracy, Stella, a very warm welcome to both of you and thanks ever so much for joining us on the show. It's a pleasure having you with us. Thank you. We're
1: very pleased to be with you as we are. Thank you, Scott.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, really looking forward to the discussion that we're going to have today. Now, I've only provided sort of a brief overview as to sort of what focal point training and consultancy actually uh, actually does. There, um, been around for quite a long time now. Um, sort of come together to launch the business um, in the uh, the early two thousands. So, um, I guess um, what I want to establish first and foremost, just for those listeners that might not be familiar with you, is um, what was kind of the uh, the journey behind founding the uh, the business and sort of the motivation behind it initially.
2: Um. Yes, so we um, both worked together in a previous um, learning and development consultancy, um, which uh, actually didn't have a very happy end. So uh, there were they actually went into voluntary liquidation quite quickly. Um, and it was uh, it was a lesson in how not to run a couple of businesses and merge a couple of businesses. So um, we took quite a lot of lessons from that in terms of then how we set up Focal Point. And in actual fact, it gave us the chance to join forces and actually launch Focal Point together. Um, So we have been going for nearly 22 years, um, and we've pulled our experience from, and our roots really are in management and leadership development. Mm. But what Focal Point has done over a period of time is to specialise more and more and more, as you said, in helping organisations and particularly the people at the top of organisations, to build respectful and inclusive cultures. Um, and what we particularly do is to help them to remove any barriers to that um, in, in terms of managing and preventing inappropriate behaviour at work. Um, so inappropriate behaviour can take um, a number of different forms, mm-hmm. but particularly help organisations with some of those very grey areas. Um, so particularly around things like humour, jokes and banter, where it can be quite tricky to know where that tipping point is between something that's OK and isn't OK. Um, so we help help to sort of bring clarity to that. Um, but that's been something we've gradually specialised in more and more and more over the years and, uh, you know, realising that there is a huge need for it.
0: Certainly so, and you mentioned banter as one point there, and that's something as well, which is in one of those grey areas, isn't it? What constitutes a work pl- workplace banter, and what constitutes something more akin to harassment? And um, there's actually a um, a Chartered Institute for Securities and Investments CISI a survey that have got in front of me here, um, and um, that actually showed that uh, workplace banter within the financial services industry had negatively impacted 97% of people working in that sector at some point in their career. So that just sort of shows the uh, sort of the scale of the issue here in some respects, doesn't it?
1: It it absolutely does, Scott. And it's one of those things that people just don't stop and think about. And, you know, we're always very careful to say to people, we're not here to stop the fun. You know, banter can be great, you know, when Mm. everybody's joining in and enjoying that joke. And, you know, as we say, that brings the barriers down. The point is, though, when that barrier or that line is crossed and people start to feel uncomfortable and then those barriers go back up. And, you know, so many managers are thinking about, you know, how they can sort of get the best performance from their people and just not stopping and thinking about the impact of what goes on day-to-day, hour-by-hour, really, when a team are together. So that's why we want to raise awareness and get people to you know, really recognise the impact, whilst, as I say, not losing that camaraderie of when people come to work together and enjoy, enjoy doing that.
0: Mm. Yeah, and we've obviously got um, a little bit of an indicator as well as to just how this can affect productivity in a negative way because um, when uncomfortable with banter that very same survey that I quoted there um, it shows that 60% of respondents actually put forward fewer ideas um, in uh, the uh, the business they worked for um, 69% actually contributed less in meetings than they normally would do and 33%, so a third of them, actually started looking for a new role entirely. So this just sort of shows the importance of the work you're doing, doesn't it? That like Breaking down these barriers and making sure that these issues are addressed. I mean, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot as a business leader if it's something that you're sort of brushing under the carpet effectively.
1: Completely. And a phrase that Tracy and I use a lot, and as our team do, is that ability to join the dots. Mm-hmm. and you'll have a lot of people that talk very much about you know having a diverse team and wanting people to be included and all of that and do a very good job of that but then as i say don't join the dots up and actually think what people really experience and if they are on the you know the the, the bad end of, of that banter that is not what they're going to feel they're not going to feel included they're actually going to feel excluded and if any of us have ever been in that position we know what that does to our motivation and our confidence. And, again, you can make that link because people are more likely to be creative and put forward new ideas, etc., if they're feeling confident, if they're feeling comfortable. So, yes, it's essential that leaders are able to see and recognize the impact of that. I,
2: I would also just add to that. It's, there's a the point about escalation as well. Mm. I think where you do have the very hard-hitting headlines around – You know, very inappropriate behaviour. So quite often, um, you know, sexual misconduct um, and you know, sexism, racism, etc. When you trace it all back, what's happened is that the the the, sort of the the what we kind of call the lower level, the banter, the humour that's Mm. inappropriate, has become accepted it's kind of become normalized as part of the culture, not not just tolerated, but completely accepted. And then of course that gives a bit of a green light for more inappropriate behaviour to grow beyond that. And that's where you then get the headlines of, I mean, if you think back to things like, you know, the um the MD of Ted Baker, you know, and mm. his forced hugging and you know, people like Philip Green. But all, tracing all of those back, you can you can you can trace it all back to that that you know the sort of the the lower levels which are the things that we try and help organisations tackle
0: yeah because i I think we need to acknowledge here don't we that it's like when we talk about inappropriate behavior at work and we're not just talking about the severe offenses so we're not talking about incidences of you know sexual harassment bullying racism sexism i mean it can be simple things like throwaway comments but they can be more damaging than you realize so it's it's being aware of the impact of the small things isn't it and i think something that's also quite important is that In the last couple of years where our social experiences at at work have been severely limited, working practices have changed and, you know, we might be having those days at work where we're sort of working under a hybrid format once or twice a week. I suppose that's kind of almost blurred the line even more, isn't it, which sort of exacerbates the need for work to be done on the ground to try and sort of tackle this and raise awareness of, you know, how people should be behaving and how they need to be truly aware of what they're saying.
1: Absolutely, and uh, yes, for many people now they've experienced working in their bedrooms and mm. being seen on camera, you know, with their bedrooms as the, as the backdrop behind them. So it's not surprising, actually. I think that perhaps you know that humour, and we've all needed the support of one another to get to get through this time. But you are absolutely right, and one of the things we try really hard, in fact, really is our mission in focal point, is to give people practical ways in order that they can deal with this, and they can set and agree those standards within their team themselves so we very much see ourselves as facilitating those discussions we obviously know what we want people to sort of identify and come up with but it comes from them in terms of them between themselves agreeing what's okay and what's not and you're spot on about the throwaway comment and also Mm. it's important to say the vast vast majority of people do not intend to offend there are a small minority that try to but they are a small minority the vast majority of people don't and that's what's so rewarding in the work we do you'll open up a discussion with people and say for example nicknames that's that's an often one and people often think Mm. giving a nickname brings somebody into a team and it may well do but the chances are it wasn't a nickname that you chose yourself and often it relates to and this is what we found in in the latest survey we did, it often relates to a physical characteristic or something that somebody's done that didn't go well or something. And it's one of those things that ends up, say, being a nickname or something that's constantly referred to that actually is really quite wary. And again, when we raise that point and bring it out into the open, well, I certainly you I've never run a session where nobody, anybody sat there go, no, no, never happened around here. And you get that moment where people go, oh, no, I never intended to offend, but just haven't stopped and thought about it. And that's what we're wanting people to do. Not to be scared of what they say amongst one another, but just willing to stop and think about the impact. That's the key thing we want people to
0: do. That's exactly it, isn't it? And I suppose similar to sort of a um, an overarching strategy or a business plan. I mean, if you're trying to implement this kind of positive behavioural change, I guess it almost has to be kind of a top down process, doesn't it? So it's about sort of sitting down with leadership and making sure that that sort of filters down to make sure that that respectful, that more inclusive behaviour is sort of flowing through the lower, the high echelons of the lower uh, of the organisation down into those lower ones as well, and making sure that the message really does permeate every layer of the business.
2: Yes, that is a really, really important point. Um, so it is it's impossible really to lead and to, to to nurture a culture unless it is led from the top. So the senior leadership team absolutely set the tone through their own behaviour in terms of, um, you know, what, what the organ- organisation is going to be like and people will take their cue from them. It, it is fascinating because we work with a whole range of organisations across all sorts of different sectors and you quite often find that organisations have put, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, investment into coming up with some lovely values, for example, mm-hmm. that will sit very proudly on their website. Um and yet when you just scratch beneath the surface, you quite often find quite quite often at senior levels that the behaviour that they're displaying is not actually lining up with those values. so there's a, there's, a, there's a disconnect there from the start. Um, but yeah, we some of the work that that we do is very much about getting leaders to think about their role modeling. I and mean, in fact, when we go in and start a project with a client, we will always start with the senior leadership team or or the board. Um, because unless they are actually displaying the right messages from the word go, it will be very difficult to get everybody else to, um, you know, to, to do the same. Um, and some of the work that we do is around um, working with a group of leaders to really challenge them about how they're also going to hold each other accountable for mm. the, the behaviours that they're displaying. So it's one thing to, to sort of say, yes, absolutely, we can see what we need to be doing, but actually what happens in a senior leadership team or a partnership or in a board where one person isn't then displaying or is showing contrary behaviour, how do the others then deal with that? So there's some um, that that can be a very helpful conversation to really get them thinking about how they're going to work together.
0: And I suppose sort of in any uh, sort of business context as well, I mean, leaders and anyone in any walk of life, really, I suppose that the onus is on them as to how they respond to the difficult questions. So I suppose when they are being asked about these things and the way they're considering certain things and all of a sudden maybe that realisation does drop in that, hold on a minute, we perhaps have been doing something that is counterproductive. I guess the reactions or some of the reactions that you get from that must be sort of quite interesting and must be, it must also be that sort of realisation, that epiphany, if you will, that then sort of helps drive that change forwards in a positive light. Yes.
2: Um I mean, we, we've got a whole number of different examples that we, we, we could give you, but um, um, one uh, organisation that we worked with, um, and, and and actually it's very brave when people sort of acknowledge those moments and realize actually that their behavior has not really been sort of measuring up um, but we had one particular director um, who, who, who realized that he had really sort of undermined and humiliated somebody in his team he had somebody who was um, very short a, a guy who was very short in terms of stature and um, this guy had actually uh, had been invited to one of the um, sort of quarterly kind of prize award givings, um, and uh, and the MD had basically said to him, right, um, Dan, yeah, it's it's your turn, um, stand up please so everybody can see, um, and then within seconds, quit, come on, Dan, on your feet. And it was just, and I think, you know, Mm. when you step back and you're looking at those kind of um, comments and those quips that are are made to try and be funny. But when you step back with a bit of distance, you can see actually how humiliating that would have been for for the guy. And, um, but in that particular situation, the MD was actually very willing to share that as an example um, and to recognise actually that that's exactly the kind of thing that we need to be thinking very carefully about.
0: Mm, that's just a practical example isn't it of just uh, the kind of thing that we're that we're talking about here as you say and it's like it can be things that you don't necessarily think are harmful but again I mean I suppose you might necessarily have a feeling in your mind that somebody in your team is a thick-skinned individual and that they do find it funny but again I suppose when it like like say with back with banter as it is with everything not one size fits all and your comments like that they can be more hurtful than you realize and it's about kind of raising awareness of that Um, but also working with leaders to make sure that as well as moving away from those type of behaviors there are practical steps as well that can be taken to sort of implement an inclusive culture as well and Without sort of giving too much away, obviously, for those that aren't familiar with um, the work that Focal Point do, what are some of the more kind of practical techniques and work that you do with leadership teams to try and sort of integrate those cultures into their organisations?
1: We're we're very happy to talk about something that we do, because one of the things that we often suggest an organisation does after they've gone through this is themselves create what we call like a team charter. Mm. So it's a summary. We want it to be very practical, 10 to 12 sort of bullet points that really sum up how that organisation wants it to be. And again, we you know, use the word culture because we talk about that a lot in mm. HR terms. But we actually want people to even decode that. Actually, you know how do we, how are we around here? Um, and that really gets people to stop and think. Now, this is a practical example and I know swearing can offend people, and anyway, so we've about that. But very often, most people recognise that in an adult working environment, there may be some swearing. Um, but we get people just to recognise there's a real key difference between if you swear because your email won't send, or if you swear at a colleague. Now, many organisations' policies will actually talk about swearing. You, know, you can actually, I've seen a policy where it said you can get dismissed yes, for swearing, Well, they don't. Actually, mean that. So, what we need to do is just actually help people really bring their policies alive and actually understand what those really mean. So, we start, as Tracy was saying, with the senior leadership, and that's why that's key because it can be the throwaway comment, the sort of oh, this is a load of rubbish kind of comment that people make, thinking that that's the right thing to say, not appreciating how damning that is. We start with them, we really get them to think, you know, what are those practical, specific things that you need to be doing to create that right environment. And then, of course, it's all the stuff we talked about, about making sure people feel comfortable, confident, and willing to contribute. So it's, it's very practical. That's what we really want people to be able to do. We also you know, give tips and techniques to people to be able just to step in. There's that famous phrase, nip in the bud. But if they, as leaders, just sense that humour is getting close to that line or something like that just some things that they can do that will just stop that happening but also themselves feeling that you know they've demonstrated leadership but they're also still making sure that there's a you know good environment in the team. there's still fun but they you know they, they are equipped with you know techniques that will allow them to sort of just step in and deal with something
0: yeah it's almost like i um, initially exchanging expectations isn't it one side knows what they expect from sort of their workers and if, from the senior leadership perspective and then obviously the those below the senior leadership team they obviously lay down on the table what they expect from them and there is that positive dialogue there. And obviously we talked a lot about sort of the uh, the negative elements of um, sort of the uh, this, this harmful workplace culture that we see. So I suppose the antithesis to that is the fact that if you do instill a positive culture where everyone feels valued, everyone feels respected, that ultimately is going to boost things like staff retention, it's going to boost things like productivity. And ultimately, it's going to boost things like productivity, isn't it? So uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot there um, for business leaders to gain from this. And uh, that's um, one of the important things that they also need to recognise, isn't it? I mean, it's for the good of their their whole enterprise that these steps are essentially put in place. Yes,
2: there is a huge amount of research out there that, um, that supports the fact that those organisations which are genuinely inclusive, Um, and have a positive workplace culture actually perform better. So you're absolutely right. It's the antithesis of all of the things that were brought out in our our banter survey. Um, So staff retention improves dramatically. You get greater productivity. Um, But I think Stella and I always talk about there's a whole spectrum of impact here. Um, And we really like to talk to organisations about, you know, it is as important about the positive impact on the individual that is now not made um, the butt of that ongoing joke and actually feels more valued and included in the team right through to the impact on the bottom line so helping the organization to become more productive and more profitable Um, and actually it has an impact on all of those things so yes you're right It's, it's, um, it's incredibly positive
0: it certainly is, and uh, just before we uh, we wrap up on the uh, the program um, today, just because I'm conscious that we are starting to run short of time on the show. Um I understand that Focal Point has been doing work like this with organisations for, for years. But um, over the uh, the next 12 months, as you know, we're continuing to learn as we recover from the pandemic and we continue to get to grips with the current, you know, inflationary pressures we find ourselves in. Um, what sort of work are you going to be uh, doing over the, uh, the next year or so? I imagine you're going to be doubling down on this working hard in business because I suppose times of difficulty are also times where, you know, things that are negative from a cultural perspective um, can sort of manifest themselves. So it's about very much sort of getting on top of that and making sure that everyone's pulling in the right direction, but in a positive way. And, you know, we're not sort of overburdening certain individuals within um, our organisations with sort of too much pressure in these times, I guess.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. And yes, we certainly want to continue to do our work. But it's interesting, actually, she was taught, saying that a piece of work I did a few years ago actually came into my mind. I was working in the care sector and I was doing some work within care homes and we were really looking at how within the team, within that care home, so the staff team, if they really got this right, how actually it impacted the quality of their life away from work. Mm. And I don't want to sound too soft and fluffy here, quite the opposite actually, it really did. And and people then came back afterwards as we were working through this programme and they said. I actually get that, there. If I'm happier and more comfortable in my working world, that really does link to how I feel about myself away from work. You know, sometimes people can think all of this stuff, as I say, it's very soft and fluffy, but actually when you come down to it and you talk to people often on an individual basis, this is often what they'll talk about, how comfortable they feel in their work actually just makes such a big difference broadly. On the way they feel about themselves and their lives. So, yes, we will be continuing our mission. <laughs> mm.
0: And certainly, yeah, I mean, and given that the pandemic has reminded us of the importance of the work-life balance and obviously how sort of happiness both in work uh, can affect our out-of-work life and how that in turn then benefits our working life, I mean, it just shows that it's so, so important, doesn't it, on the on the well-being side and it's going to be fantastic just to uh, continue to see um, how Focal Point uh, works over the next year and the various calibre of businesses that you're working with to continue to promote that positive culture and I think it would be great as well as we start to kind of see what kind of picture, um, it's starting to paint over the year, uh, the next 12 months, to perhaps catch up and have you back on the program to talk more about some of the experiences that you've had, some of the things that have come up, and the positive impact that uh, your work's uh, having. Yeah.
1: We would love to do that, Scott. We really would. I mean, yes. where
2: we're absolutely hoping we will get to is to, to do more preventative work. Mm. Um, so rather than, you know, organizations coming to us at the point that something has happened, an incident's happened, and they've realized they've got to do something about it. We want to really get to the point where we're working with organisations to do it preventatively um, so that they don't get to that point in the first place. So if we can start to do that over the coming couple of years, that would be excellent.
0: Mm, it'd be fascinating wouldn't it to kind of like move away from kind of the reactive side of things going in and obviously yeah. fixing businesses where this has already happened so you, sort of the, the the proactive mode as you say preventative work making that happen and uh, I think like yeah. say if you can succeed in that I mean that would be absolutely fantastic and certainly you no, know, wish you all the luck in the world in that endeavor and then that project and um, like I say maybe there will be an opportunity again for us to sit down on the show talk about how well that's all going and uh, it'd be a pleasure for me to welcome you both back on it's been great having you here and uh, very eye-opening as well I think Certainly food for thought for, uh, for our listeners uh, tuning in today and um, just for those that are listening into the uh, the program, I mean if you did want to find out just a little bit more about focal point training and consultancy and the work that uh, obviously Stella and uh, Tracy do um, focal point training or oneword.com would be the best portal to find out more about the business wouldn't it Yes, it absolutely would thank
2: you That that would be great and we're very happy to have um, any any sort of discussions answer questions, confidential discussions about situations. Very happy to have exploratory chat.
0: Fantastic. So do, of course, um, if uh, this is something that um, particularly resonates with you, uh, go and consult that website for sure. And uh, um, if anybody as well is listening in and wants to perhaps uh, leave a comment or has been affected by some of the uh, the issues that we have discussed today and want to leave a comment with us, um, then by all means, do visit leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us as well to leave that comment. Um, and if you are the head of an organisation or you happen to run your own business as well with its own story to share on this issue or any topic matter then you two can also apply to be on our program to discuss that very issue via leaderscouncilcouk forward slash apply and it could be you who's sat next to me on the program next time um for now um tracy stella thank you ever so much for taking the time to come on to the show it's been fantastic having you both and uh do take care and stay safe with all still going on by all means
1: And you too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. Fantastic.
0: And to everyone listening in, I've been your host, Scott Challoner, today on the Leaders Council podcast. Take care, everybody. And we'll be back with you again very, very soon indeed.